and welcome to the Stay at Home School Mom podcast. My name is Mary Ellen Barrett, and I am being joined by my partner, Ginny Sufert. Um, we are delighted to have you here with us on this Wednesday. We have a great topic for you guys, especially those of you who are just deciding you're going to homeschool or you're thinking about homeschooling. Kind of a big, big topic for people who are new to this. We're calling it Dealing with Objections. And before we jump in, just want to remind you that if you are enjoying our podcast, if it's something you find you're coming to every week, please like and subscribe wherever you listen to it. It really does help us get in front of people. And we'd also like to thank our sponsor. Our main sponsor is Seton Home Study School. And you can find out all about the Premier Catholic Homeschool Distance Learning Company at www.setonhome.org. So check them out for all the info. So Ginny. Dealing with objections. Did anybody object when you started homeschooling? Nobody knew it was even possible when I started homeschooling. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. The, the objection I got most often was, oh, is that legal? Is that? <laughs> I didn't Nobody get that often, but I did get it because I was, it was 2000 when I started. So it wasn't common, but it wasn't that rare. It was really uncommon when I started. And I lived in Illinois at the time, which was the best state in the whole world to homeschool it. They had very few regulations. You had to do it in English. That was about it. You didn't have to report to anybody. You didn't have to go to the district, anything like that. You didn't That's have to nice. Talk. So it was really, really nice. But I will say that because it was so odd, people were constantly asking me about it. And what happened, so you moms who were thinking, gee, you know, I'm really not happy with the public school and the Catholic school is three towns away and I can't afford the tuition and homeschooling sounds like a real option to me. I mean, it sounds like the best possible solution. And then you mention it to your mother, your best friend, and, and they roll their eyes. Yeah. Or they think you're nuts. You're like, you're you nuts. can't possibly do this. So you, you come up against a lot of like instant negativity. Like nobody ever stops and says, oh, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. Tell me about it. That's never the reaction ever. I, I think people take it somewhat. Well, we can get into that a little bit later. People take it somewhat as an insult. What's the matter? The schools aren't good enough for you. That's right. Sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. schools aren't paying $20,000 a year in property taxes. They're not good yeah. enough for you. So it is that. But, you know, when people bring it up to you, I think the, the first thing you have to do is talk about like a need to know basis. And you and I right. were talking a little bit before we started the podcast I've actually had people question me at the checkout line at the grocery store. Right. Yeah. Which is just rude. It's just rude. <laughs> oh. you know, I mean, you know, the people say, oh, no school today. They're homeschooled. Really? Don't they have any friends? Yeah. That's what <laughs> so, right. I mean, making pleasant conversation is one thing. Oh, you, you have a day off from school. Oh, we're homeschooled. And then something negative or like some rude, like pointed question. Right. It's like when you bring all of your kids somewhere and they say, are they all yours? Don't you know what causes that? It's so rude. Is this it? <laughs> People don't have a TV set. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's rude. Like, you just say, oh, when somebody says something that startles you like that in public, stranger, you say, oh, how nice. And you move on. Yeah, move <laughs> like on and just... walk away. Right. <laughs> but but anyhow, so before you decide whether you're going to even address objections, yeah. I think the first thing you have to think about is what I call need to know. Yeah. If your neighbors, people from church, even relatives that you only see like, you know, Christmas and Easter when they come over to grandma's house on holidays. They don't need to know the in-depth reasons why you decided to homeschool. No. It's really none of their business. Right. And and you decide in your life um, who who deserves to know more and who doesn't. 
and strangers and acquaintances and people you only see once in a while are not, don't deserve your whole thought process. So you're right. It's just none of their business and you don't have to. It's none of their business. And the way I found the best way to handle it without being rude myself and saying, gee, that's none of your business, (laughs) which is what I'm thinking in my head, but I want to be a good Christian here, um, is to sort of be a little bit vague. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you don't, like I said, again, you don't owe them an in-depth discussion. So you're not sending Janie to kindergarten? My daughter loves the kindergarten at the public school. She just loves it. And, you know, you could just say something, oh, you know, we're so happy to have Janie home this year. She loves being home. She just had a baby yeah. brother. She's all excited about it. You know, she's been looking at the books in the house and she wants me to teach her how to read. So we're going to keep her home for a year. You know, it's just it's just the best thing. She she loves to play. We have a little boy. Oh, I don't know if I want to send him to a teacher. He's so rough and tumble. He has to be outside playing all the time. Yeah, I don't see him sitting in a classroom for, you know, for six hours. I don't see that playing. And then you can always just turn it right back on them. So, oh, so she loves kindergarten. I'm so happy. Did she enjoy her teacher? Is it a good situation? And just start asking them about their deal. Yeah. And turn the focus off you. <laughs> yeah. But you can, you know, you don't owe them no. any kind of in-depth explanation again. Um, then you'll get, you know, after you've gone into why you're not sending little Billy because he's too rambunctious or little Janie because she, she's so happy being home. And then they'll get, well, you're going to send them to first grade. <laughs> now, now I really owe you an explanation, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, going to send them. And you know, the, the answer, oh good, I have no idea. I'm here I am at the grocery store trying to decide what I'm gonna have for dinner tonight. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, that might actually be true. You might not know. A lot of people decide every year. So why do you a have lot of people do? Yeah. And actually, I I didn't entirely decide every year. I was kind of set on it. Mm-hmm. But perhaps had our circumstances changed, had we moved to an area that had a really nice Catholic high school or something, I might have changed my mind. Right. You just don't know what situation is going to pop up. Um, if it's a move, if it's a job loss or if it's a new job or if it's a any kind of anything can change your whole outlook. So no, a lot of people just decide every year. So if somebody says, well, are you going to do are you going to homeschool high school? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? Just say, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Like you said, I don't know what I'm doing for dinner. So don't ask yeah, me no, my I plans. Just, I think we can really be vague with people sometimes yeah. because, again, it's none of their business. But also, it's as you say, it's the truth. Loads of people decide. And even someone like me who was pretty set on homeschooling, mm. I was going lecturing at homeschooling conferences for Pete's sake. Maybe had I had I gotten sick. Right. I mean, there's a million circumstances. Or have one of the kids gotten sick or, you know, had my husband lost his job. Who knows what could what could happen in this world? And I think that's kind of a good attitude for Christians to have anyhow. Yeah. I'm a big believer in don't cross your bridges. No, absolutely. I, I We have to, to a certain extent, rely on God's providence and his plan for us and just always be prayerfully discerning how we're going to raise our children and what we're going to do and how we're going to approach circumstances. So while you need to plan a certain amount, you don't need to plan out your whole life or their whole lives when they're six. You, you well, don't and, decide and sometimes when you'll space. realize, like I knew a lot of homeschoolers that felt very strongly about dressing their girls in skirts. Hmm. Okay, yeah. they just this was a thing they felt. They felt that this is a better way to keep the gender separate or whatever, and it makes them look more feminine. My, <laughs> I would have said the first time, I didn't do that, but had I done it the first time I went to a public park where I lived in the city, and my kids, 
like on bars where they're going yeah. upside down. What could have been the skirts. last time that they wore a skirt to the to the park? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you change as circumstances come up, or as you learn more as a parent. Right. Yeah. You, and as, yeah. So you know, and and you you get that. So uh, you know, now she's ready to go to middle school. You're going to send her now, right? So my answer to that, when I'm a big believer in this, is oh, she's done so well at home up until now. I think we're going to keep her in another year. Yeah. And you can do that in 11th grade. You can graduate <laughs> high school. Oh, she's done so well at home since kindergarten. And we just think we're going to keep her in. That's just sort of vaguely. And you it's, can even brag a little. Her test scores are so good that we're just going to keep doing what we're doing because she's doing yeah. so well. She scored so high, top one percentile. So, no. you know, we're just going to get and that usually shuts people up. <laughs> and and we, yeah, we have to be a little careful about it sometimes because then you're insinuating your kid's a dummy who goes to the school, but that's why they, well, but they're going to be rude. <laughs> that's right. But, but certainly saying she's done so well, my kids did have opportunities to do things. Like if you would ask me, my daughter, Laura, actually, uh, she was a dancer, a very serious dancer in high school. She went to an academy. Uh, so homeschooling worked perfectly for her mm-hmm. because the way she paid for that incredibly expensive academy was she taught there. Right. And she had time so to do it. She had time to do it because she could work her homes. And I think it was a great life lesson for her, by the way. Sure. You got to figure out the hours you're going to work and the hours you're going to homeschool and it has to all get done, that sort of thing. Um, so you, you don't, but I can remember, like I would have sent her to school maybe. She was a really good kid. She never got into trouble. <laughs> you know, she could have maybe taken physics. Yeah. So I was trying to figure yeah. out a way for her to take physics, that sort of stuff. Nobody really knows. No, you don't what know. What they're going to do. And there's no point in committing yourself to a bunch of strangers in the Walmart. But you, but you certainly can say, well, you know, if I sent Laura to school, she'd never be able to keep up with her dance. Yeah. Yeah. And I had the same situation with Erin with the music. I mean, she, she was able to take advantage of so many opportunities. Um, to grow as a musician because we homeschooled and that was an excellent excuse. Right. It was perfect for her. I had two other daughters that did, did, uh, ice skated in what is now called synchronized skating. In those days, it was called precision skating. And I mean, there was a very high level team. They made it to, to um, regionals and then the nationals a couple of times too, when the girls were skating and ice skating, you will not be shocked to hear, but their major competitions are in the middle of the winter. <laughs> I know you're not too shocked to hear that, but yes, in fact, it's true. Um, and what would happen is the girls on their team, many of them, they were trying to go to nationals, which you can't skip nationals. Yeah. They're trying to go to nationals during exam week. Yeah, during midterms and stuff like, yeah, that's rough. I mean, that's and so much stress. Parents are up at the school and the schools are giving them a hard time. And but not me. Yeah. <laughs> Worked out perfectly for us. You have to take your exams. You can either take it the week before or the week after. How do you want to do it, kids? Yeah, you can study in the car while we're driving. Yeah, so it's it, it that makes a good excuse if you do happen to have a child with some kind of gift or talent, you can just say, "Oh, well, this gives us time to explore this." You know, a lot of Olympians are homeschooled. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I don't see how anybody who's at the highest level of anything could really go to school. Yeah, no. In other words, you, if, you if you're a top master in in a sport or uh, in some sort of study. Like if, if you were studying high level, I don't know, Chinese for the sake of argument, you want to learn to read and write Chinese, which is tough for Chinese people, yeah. much less than American, right? And you're going to spend six hours in school in a day, walking through the halls, going to the <laughs> locker. Right. 
Yeah. Anything you want to do with great intensity, I really think it's a tremendous value to be homeschooled. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to be at the top of your game in anything, any yeah. one particular thing, then it is it is valuable to be homeschooled. To it, and you know, it's a sacrifice. We all know it's a sacrifice, but um, you don't owe anybody an explanation for that, no. especially especially strangers. Well, but however, we can move on. Yeah. Say actually, there are some people who maybe have a right to know. Mm-hmm. You know, like grandparents, for example, who really love your children, really care about them. They provide free babysitting, <laughs> you know, those types of things. They're godparents who took a vow that yeah. they would help that they would help bring them up in the faith. Um, you know, aunts and uncles, you know, people who really care. Yeah, and, people people you love and who are concerned for your children's welfare. It's reasonable. So, Right. So to them, you don't want to give them the same kind of short answer you're going to give the lady at the checkout line. Uh, but one one resource that everybody here should know, you can write it down if you want. It's NERI, N-H-E-R-I. Mm. It's National Home Education Research Institute, I believe. Yes, that's what it is. Yes. Um, that's N-H-E-R-I. all the data. E-R-I. It's where you get all the data. And they, they actually do research. That's exactly what they do. They research uh, homeschoolers test scores, homeschoolers on, you know, social levels, things like that. So to them, you can say, look, if you're concerned about Janie, and I, I I appreciate the fact that you love her so much that you're concerned about her, but we carefully research this. We carefully researched this and we discovered that homeschool children for routinely score 15 to 25 percentage points above public school students on standardized academic achievement tests. Right. So the, the the level, when they do these percentiles, your kid comes home with 89th percentile. 50th percentile is half the kids did better and half the kids did worse. Mm-hmm. So that would be your average for a public school. And homeschool kids routinely score somewhere between 65 and 75% on, uh, above that right. on standardized tests. And making the point that you've done research on this is is valuable because some people kind of treat you as if you woke up one morning and said hey i'm going to homeschool like hey i'm going to wear the green pants today <laughs> like right yeah i don't want to have to make school lunches <laughs> right. i don't want to make pb and j's in the morning so we'll just keep them home you know as if you put no thought into this so when you say that you've researched it and and it's valuable like jenny said to go to that website and just kind of have a few facts in your back pocket um, and that is a really, um, really cool thing. Like you, when you see um, homeschool statistics and how how successful it usually is, um, it helps it helps people know that you you've actually pondered this a little bit. You know, well, yeah. One of the things that I wish we did more of, but every so often you'll hear about it. Uh, like in, I think it was two thousand and five. We knew about it because I worked for Seton. In 2005, the number one graduate, the top graduate at West Point was a Seton alum. Mm. Right. Yeah. Jonathan that was, yeah. That was in the that was in the news. Right. Wasn't it like national? I believe news? it was. was. Yeah. Uh, and every so often you'll hear the homeschool, the kid that wins the national spelling bee is homeschooled. Right. That's not even a little bit unusual. Um, but I think those anecdotal stories are very nice. Sure. Sure. And there's a, there's also a list somewhere on the internet you can google it it's um famous people who are homeschooled and they are, yeah i mean yeah. they're they're usually on um 
like we were discussing before, there's some kind of sports involved or, you know, like Tim Tebow or um, I think Tiger Woods was homeschooled for part of it, you know, because of the training and stuff. But there are people who were just homeschooled. There are some um, famous movie stars who have homeschooled their kids just for whatever reason. So whatever reason, right. Yeah, Thomas Edison, apparently he was sent home from school. My guess is not knowing, and I don't know if we, any of us know, but he was sort of, he must've been a really bright kid who was bored sick in the classroom. Probably, yeah. And And he might've been a little, you know, just a little odd because of that, you know, because he was different than other people. But anyhow, the the teacher sent a a note home uh, saying basically he couldn't come to school. They could expel you in those days for things like that because he was adulpated, I believe was the word she used. (laughs) And That's the a great story word. is, I don't know if this is true. This part is true. I know he was homeschooled, but the story is his mother told him that the teacher said he was too smart to stay in that class. Now, I don't know if that part's true, but it's cool. Right. It's a cool story if it is. And she kept him home and he, he had jobs. He put out a local community newspaper. And at one point, of course, as an adult, he held the highest number of patents in the, in the history of the United States. Yeah, actually, interesting fact, when he died, they found it was something over 100 notebooks of inventions he hadn't gotten to work on yet, like things he wanted to do, ideas. Um, And that's extraordinary to me because, you know, whatever, all of that body of work that he left behind, and he didn't feel like he was even halfway finished. That he wasn't finished yet. Yeah, no kidding. And I think it's interesting when they say the the number that's on that Neary page is 78% of uh, peer-reviewed studies on academic achievement show homeschool students are significantly higher level than those in institutional schools. And you wonder what the reason might be for that, but I do think it's because, well, we allow them to pursue their interests. Right. And in fact, I would say most homeschoolers kind of push that. So if, uh, if you notice that little Johnny's really interested in botany, You'll get him a lot of books on botany. I had a right. son that loved loved reptiles for whatever reason. The kid had a snake; it got loose in the house. We never oh found. Oh gosh, my brother had that now. too. But it's a very oh. com- that's that and dinosaurs and trains and cars. Like little boys love that kind of stuff. So if you have a kid who's not really wanting to read, you just buy him a bunch of books about reptiles. And, and he read. He, he used or... to sit there and look at that. And, and actually, as an adult, for a while, he was raising reptiles and selling them. <laughs> so the <Yep>. kid. But <laughs> we allow our kids. I not that we allow our kids to pursue their interests. That would be unfair. to public school parents they want their kids to pursue the interest but our kids have the time to do it right right and you I feel like homeschool homeschool families in general not not only are teaching their children math and science whatever they're teaching them how to learn yeah and encouraging an, uh, a curiosity and a wonder in the world especially how when to approach small. a subject I think is so a that once they're curious they know how to learn so they can go look things up and and look for the books they want and uh, do the projects that they want. And they have time to pursue this. And they go to the library. We used yeah. to take our kids to the li- don't take your, don't take your kids to the library in June. Just, I'm telling you that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to figure it out for yourself. this in June and it's, it's rough out there, man. Yeah, it's rough. So don't take your kids to the library in June. But other than that, you can take your kids to the library all the time. And they, you know, they have the time and the energy. And the other thing is if you go to a library, I lived in the city most of the time I was homeschooling. And you go to the library after school and it's just loaded with kids. Yeah. yeah. If you go at noon, there's nobody there. Nobody there. It's funny. Our village library is literally right next door to the middle school. So, and all the kids from the middle school just go over there. And sometimes like they stay there until their parents can pick them up, you know, if they have working parents and things like that. So 
it is mobbed. So I know from 2.30 to like 5, you just cannot go to the library. But at 11 o'clock. Yeah, we all. The librarian, you own the librarian. You really do. Yeah, we set up up there. Very often we'll do school there just to get out of the four walls. I used to do that too. Bring, we'll bring the laptops, we'll bring the books, whatever. And we just, yeah. just to get out. And everybody has their own corner of the library that they like. So we all kind of spread out because, you know, you do get kind of sick of looking at each other sometimes. You do. So you need a little break. And that's a nice thing to do. But homeschoolers, I will find my kids, even my reluctant learners, let's put it that way, instead of pain in the neck. Um, reluctant <laughs> learners will be, you know, looking around the stacks uh, at the subjects that interest them. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the libraries that I used to take my kids to a park that we had, again, this park was about half an hour away. It was a cool park, though. It's Cantini in uh, near Chicago. In case any of you are listening from the Chicago area, Cantini Park, um, the kids, there's a, a museum there to the first Army Division. Oh, the neat. big red one. So there's a little museum there. There's tanks the kids could climb on. But during the week, again, nobody is there. Beautiful botanical gardens. Nobody's there. So we'd I'd give each kid their own picnic table. Oh yeah, see that's nice. So they have the outside. Space. The breeze is blowing. It was beautiful. Yeah. Anyhow, we should get back to the topic at hand. Don't let us get off topic because we do that a lot. <laughs> Another thing you'll find out on Neary because this is something that people will question you about. Not Mary Ellen because she's a genius and she got out of college. <laughs> <laughs> but Ginny only Ginny went to Fordham <laughs> University, which was tough for girls to get into in those days. But I majored in Ed Sufert. <laughs> <laughs> She had an MRS degree. <laughs> yes, I had an MRS degree. And so I, I dropped out to get married, which was common in those days. Yes. Uh, and it, I'm old. In and it worked days, out very well, though. It worked it out did, very it well. It did. <laughs> best thing I ever did. I always say it. But at the same time, uh, I don't have a... And people would bring that up to me. Well, you're not a teacher. Right. I got that a lot. Don't, well, do you have a teaching degree? No. Well, what's your degree in? Well, it's English Lit and economics. And and I went to graduate school for finance. And they, well, how do you think you can teach? Well, I think I'm competent with all those degrees. I can teach third grade. But I don't have all those degrees. <laughs> and I was pretty competent too. Yeah. You don't need an education degree to teach. And I have somebody living in my house who has an education degree, a music education degree. And I have to say, like looking at her coursework when it came to the education courses that she took, have nothing to do with teaching a kid. Yeah. They mostly have to do with classroom management and certain philosophies of education. The philosophies of education seems to be a biggie. I know several teachers and they've all said that that really doesn't not prepare them very well to actually present material to the kids. Right. Yeah, they well, they kind of specialize here. The the colleges around here, they they take an education degree and then they might specialize in history or math or science right. or whatever it is they want to teach or elementary ed or, you know, secondary ed. But it doesn't actually help them teach anything. And they actually have to take separate courses to do things like lesson plan. Right. You know, which I, you just get a book and you write it out. Like, like, actually, to be honest, most textbooks, including public school textbooks, come with lesson plans. Yeah. Yeah. Copious ones, I might add. Copious yeah. ones. Um, yeah. And most homeschool programs that, you know, will come with lesson plans or some kind of, you know, framework. And actually, you don't have to be a genius anyhow. A lot of times I didn't even use the lesson plans. If you, you're studying nouns and you have a workbook and it says the noun is a name of a person, place, or thing, right at the top in a little box, a work in a box at the workbook. And you could say, honey, a noun is a name of a person, place, or thing. So is run a noun? Na- no, that's not a thing, mommy. Then that's not a noun. You know, that's what you can actually do that. 
And what they've discovered is, at least among homeschooling parents, um, whether the, a parent was ever a certified teacher or even a college graduate, you know, I, I, I don't know how many un, high school graduates, I presume most of us have high school diplomas today, but they haven't discovered any huge difference. No. That no, those kids seem to just as well. Uh, was I limited in some ways? Yeah, I was. Like my math was, eh. <laughs> my math was, eh. but God bless John Saxon. He was wrote Saxon right. math. He was a great help to me. And there are people that have made videos about Saxon math. Right. Yeah. And there are and loads of other math videos that you can get and online classes. And I think regardless of a parent's education, you know, how far they went in their education, I think a, pa a parent's passion for their children's success yeah. will make them able to overcome any difficulties they might find with material. And they'll yeah. find a way. I mean, you put a homeschooling mother on something, she's going to figure out a way to do it if it's going to benefit her child. I mean, any mother is like that. Really, any mother is like that. But we've taken the decision, though, the educational decisions out of the mother's hands. Right. So if you put them in her hands, she's going to figure out a way to give her child the best, very best education she has. And I don't think that has anything to do with how educated she is in terms of degrees or certificates or whatever it is, whatever nonsense it is. Um, I, I think just loving your child and wanting them to be successful is is going to drive them. So I think that's why that has nothing to do with it. It really doesn't. I think most government programs, I don't want to say cahoots, that would be a bad word to use, but they kind of, they, they develop this whole system of schools of education and degrees of education. And you get more money if you have a master's degree as a teacher, because that's going to help you somehow be a better teacher. Okay, so now they offer colleges, literally colleges will offer a intensive course that you can take like over spring break right, to get credits yeah. towards your master's, that sort of thing. I think it's it's just this whole big conglomerate that grew up around uh, institutional education. I'm not sure the value that it brings to the kids. I'm really not. And one of the big proofs is that homeschool kids are increasingly being recruited, very actively recruited by colleges. Right. Yes, they are. And it's gotten so even in the last five or six years since I've been sending kids to college. Um, wait, Katie went in 2017. So wait, she graduated in 2017. So she went in 2013, 14. Um, it's, it's gotten so much easier to send them to college. The The colleges aren't anymore like, what, what is this? What do you mean? Right. You know, those days are over. <laughs> it does. It really does not happen. And in New York, uh, state schools used to be a complete nightmare. And even with Erin, she applied to several and got into all of them, but every single one of them wanted something different from me. And it was right. all just a giant pain in the neck. And even that has gotten a lot easier. They're just much more accepting of a homeschool transcript, or if you have your transcript from Colby or Seton or Mother of Divine Grace, they're not looking at it like, what kind of weirdo thing is this? Actually, um, I don't think, I have to be honest with you, I had kids that graduated because I had a lot of kids graduated from private schools, graduated from Catholic schools, and graduated from Seton Home Study School. Half of them graduated from Seton. And Seton has the little number, you know, your high school number. Right, yeah. Was, I don't remember what it is, A, B, C, D, or one, two, three, four. And it would just say, high school attended Seton Home Study School. And what's the, the school's number? And I'd put mm -hmm. the school's number in. Seton is happy to give it to you. They were yeah. arguing with you about it. And you write the number in. And that was that. I There was no difference in my case using Seton between getting my kids from institutional schools into college and getting my kids from, from yeah. Seton made that's, zero difference. That's the advantage of um, when you're an enrolled in an accredited 
program that they do actually have one of those numbers. There is actually also a homeschool number, which is- Oh, I didn't know that one because I- Yeah, there is just a plain old homeschool night. It's like 0001 or something. (laughs) Something like that. Um, And I know I had to use it for Erin because she did not get the Seton diploma because she had so much music, you know, so we we kind of modified. We used Seton, but we didn't um, do everything. So we didn't get the diploma. Um, But I I had to use just a plain old homeschool number for her. And it worked fine. Like It worked fine. It worked fine. Yeah. I mean, it was still um, a little new for the the New York City, uh, the SUNY schools, the state schools. But that is so much easier now having done this, you know, since then a few times. Yeah. It's and if you if and many of our parents are interested in Newman Guide schools. Yeah. And they which, are super easy. They no, not only are they super easy, if you mention, oh, you know, little Billy was homeschooled, they reach out an arm and order you and offer you a scholarship or something. I mean right. yeah, they really want homeschool kids. Uh we've heard time and time again that the homeschool kids do fantastically well. They're yeah. thrilled with them. Uh, so if you're looking at a Catholic college, a faithful Catholic college, you can, you don't have to worry about a thing. Uh, but even now, like you say, the state schools, they've all rolled over and figured out, wait a minute, we want these top students. Yeah, they have. So um, that's the kind of thing that somebody will say to you. Even somebody like grandma, grandpa, they will be very concerned. Oh, how are you going to get them into college? This is weird. Um, you need to you need a transcript. You need this. You need that. You can get all of that. It can all be done. and. The colleges are now, colleges and universities are now very accepting of homeschool students. And in some cases, they really do actively recruit them. Absolutely. Like Ivy Leagues, Military Academy. Military Academy is still a little rough, but they're still a little rough for everybody. Um, It's hard to get to a military academy here. I mean, it's just the paperwork is crazy, but it can be done, you know, and if you have a kid who's, who's really focused on doing that, they're just going to have to realize that everything about it's going to be difficult. So, and actually, we we actually Seton actually has a counselor who deals with kids that want to mm-hmm. go to to military academies and is more than happy to talk and give lots of uh, information. Yeah. I think this would be a good time though. So, as Mary Ellen uh, mentioned earlier, we our primary sponsor is Seton Home Study School, but we do have other sponsors who we are very grateful for. Yeah. So, we're just going to take a short break and let you hear a message from one of them. Choose the best answer. A. Seton testing provides tests and test preparation materials for homeschoolers. B. Seton testing offers many different tests, including online tests, diagnostic tests in reading and math, and standardized testing for end-of-year proof of progress for homeschoolers. C. Seton testing provides quick and accurate results. Or D. All of the above. If you answer D, then perhaps you already know that Seton Testing has been providing testing services to homeschooling families at affordable prices for more than 40 years. To see how Seton Testing can serve your family, see our website at setontesting.com. Good news, if you are currently enrolled with Seton Home Study School, then you will receive a discount on standardized testing. See setontesting.com for details. Thank you for sticking with us. And thank you uh, again to our sponsors. We are incredibly grateful. So we're jumping back into our topic, which is dealing with objections. And we've talked about some of the objections about um, people will say to you with homeschooling strangers and, and people who are very close to you. So let's go on 
about how we approach people who are kind of giving us reasons to not homeschool. And people have a right to know, as we discussed earlier, half of them just joke around and give them a dumb answer. But <laughs> but one of the things that you want to be careful to not to do is to knock the brick and mortar schools, even if that was your primary motive for homeschooling. You know, I wouldn't send a dog I like to that public school. You know, even if that's your don't say that. Just no. don't say it. That's um, just starting adversarially. And you don't want to do that. <laughs> it really is. I mean, first of all, the kids' grandparents, chances are that either you or your husband went to a public school at some point mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to take it as an insult. Right. Yeah. And it it isn't. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I mean, that's not right. going to benefit anybody to hurt their feelings. And again, people make the best decisions they can with with the situations they're in at any given time. And when when like when I told my parents I was homeschooling, my mother did kind of take it a little bit like she was saying, oh, I didn't do a good enough job. So you, yeah. you know, like that kind of thing. She was, I think she was a little insulted that. Well, it could be taken as an insult. It could yeah. be. Like you're, you're doing you something. You didn't turn out well, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was awkward. It was really awkward. And it took, um, my dad, I had been homeschooling about 11, 12 years and my mother had passed away and the kids were in their Shakespeare production. And he came to me after it and he said, you know, I finally get it. I think, I think this wasn't as crazy as I always thought it was. was that like, happened with me too. My mom had also passed before I started homeschooling. And it took my my father. I was living in Illinois. He was in New York, which made it easier. Mm-hmm. But he did think it was weird. He kind of liked yeah. the fact that the kids were home when he'd come to visit. Right, yeah. That part was nice, you know, so he liked that. But then I think with him, the big thing was my kids were very nice. Right, yeah. They and their friends were nice. And yeah. Yeah, they were polite. They... They saw grandpa maybe once or twice a year, but they'd run, grandpa, you know, they're so happy to see him. He felt very welcome and very happy. And I think at least part of that was they weren't on their phones all day. They weren't like, oh, my grandfather's coming. You know, (laughs) I think there is a very family friendly attitude in, in, in your homeschool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like knocking any of anybody else's choices, like, um, say your sister-in-law is sending her kids to public school or the local Catholic school or, you know, the Montessori or whatever. You don't have to say any of that. What you have to say is this is just the best choice for us, you know, and everybody makes the best choice for their family. And, and right now there certainly are anybody who watches the news, anybody who doesn't live in a cave can see the problems with the public schools, right? The critical race theory and, you know, Boys using the girls' bathrooms when they're teenagers and gay pride books in the library, gay pride. Um, what do they have? They actually have like a whole assembly in the gym where they just, yeah, discuss. yeah, that's it's like Pride Week or Pride Day or something like that. They do, they did that, you know, it's it, it's so bad, it's dreadful. And then that, <laughs> now dreadful. I heard somewhere, so so much for this, this isn't social contagion. I read somewhere that now one in five kids is identifying as LGBTQ, A, B, C, D, E, whatever it is. Yeah. So Um, it's not like you're going to be able to avoid it. But let me tell you something. If you bring that up to most of the people in your community, they're going to say, oh, that's not really in our school. Yeah. And they are going to say that. And they they ardently believe it. So they're not going to change their mind. There's 50 states. It's a big country and it's very possible in some schools it's definitely been downplayed or is not there. I mean, that's possible. I always say that. It is very possible. I remember years and years ago reading when they closed the last 
one room schoolhouse in the state of Nebraska. And this has got to be 50 years ago now. Uh, the, the teacher, the one teacher in the one room schoolhouse said they always started every day with a pledge of allegiance to the flag and a prayer. And prayer had already been outlawed for like 10 years by then. But she said, well, we're all Lutherans, so it's okay here. So <laughs> why not? So the, <laughs> the thing is, though, there are lots of places where that are, are very rural or in very conservative communities or the, the principal is very conservative. So we don't know the case in every, but again, all that weirdness, it's just not going to pay to bring it up. I heard no. they have a lesbian drop-in center at the high school. Oh, nobody goes to that. It's not worth the argument. It just is not worth the argument. No, it's not. You're not going to change anybody's mind. And you're insulting the people on down the block who send their yeah. kids. Yeah. And didn't she turn out well? Yeah. And that's, and there are some perfectly wonderful people who come out of public schools. I mean, I know many of them. Um, I went to public school till eighth grade. I did too. Well, I went in the middle school years. Um, I, I went to public school as well. I, I, and to be honest with you, back then when it was a whole lot more wholesome than it is now. Yeah, it was. It was. Still, it was probably a good thing my parents sent me to Catholic high school. I, when I look back on it, I think. Me too. I, I really believe that. My public school friends had a lot more fun than I did. A lot more fun. I agree. Yeah. But yeah. I, it, even though it's a very different situation now, um, there are some really nice people going to public schools. There are some oh, really yeah. nice families. There are some very devout Catholic families. They make it work for themselves. And uh, we shouldn't criticize them for that. We really shouldn't. Um, Again, we should just like we're saying, work. it's none of your business on the checkout line why I homeschool. It's right. also none of, none of my business why your kids go to school. Right. Exactly. So uh, the respect has to go both ways. It, it does. really does. Um, and, and it's just maintaining friend, friendly relations. Like I said before, there's no point in being adversarial about this and hurting people's feelings. It's just not necessary. And I think also, if people see that you're nice, the old expression about you can catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Sure. Yeah. If yeah. people see that you're just a really nice person, you haven't been trying to shove your ideas down their throats, at some point, and it's happened to me, actually, people might come to you and say, gee, you know, I'm having a trouble with this fifth grade teacher this year. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking yeah. about homeschooling. You can homeschool for one year. I've told people that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't like this fifth grade teacher, homeschooling for fifth grade, send it back in in sixth. Yeah, I, I know a few people have done that, had just a rough year for whatever reason and brought them yeah. home for that year and then sent them back to a completely different situation. So yeah, you might be the person who convinces somebody that this is a viable way to approach education by but just by be being nice. Yeah, but you have yeah. to be approachable. And so that's something to remember. However, there are some other, this is the fun part. Um, <laughs> to be you know, the questions that you have to be ready to answer. And one of them, you, I heard it all the time. Again, I'm a high school graduate. How did you teach trigonometry and physics and foreign languages? How do you do that? I know when I, when we started, I, Katie was going into second grade and Ryan was going into fourth and Aaron kindergarten. And I can't tell you how many people said, how are you going to teach them science? Like, I don't know, kindergarten, she's going to grow a bean. <laughs> I, I can handle that, you know. I, I used to get that all the time. How are you going to teach, cal teach calculus? Oh, for my, actually, my joke used to be, with any luck at all, I'll be dead. And my husband's second wife will worry about it. <laughs> yeah, but well, there are ways, and we've talked about it in other podcasts. Yes. We'll do it again at some point. Uh, there's loads of ways of doing those things. My joke, of course, is I speak French, so my kids all had to take French. I wasn't learning a different language. 
You're stuck with French kids. Uh, but if you go to public school, very often you're stuck with Spanish. That's the one language they offer. Right. Yeah. Um, my kids took Spanish. Some took Latin. Um, Katie took some French. It, you know, it all varied. It was fine because I didn't speak anything. I speak right. a little bit of Spanish, but that video courses, dual enrollment, um, hiring a tutor, hiring the lady down the street who speaks Spanish or who, who right, which that you can find a lady down teacher. the street in every community in the United States. Lots of Spanish speaking people here. Yeah. And the kids in first grade right now. So I don't really have to yeah. worry about don't, it. Like, With any luck at all, I'll be dead. My husband's next wife can worry about it. <laughs> so many people say that. Oh, I'm going to homeschool. We're going to keep them home for kindergarten. How are you going to teach calculus? I'm not. Yes. It's in kindergarten. <laughs> I'm going to teach the ABCs, the one, two, threes. <laughs> We're going to grow a bean. We're going to have a nice time. It's going to be lovely. Look don't at the worry moon. About oh, it. it's a full moon. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. But you will hear that a lot. They will they will bring up something incredibly difficult. How can they possibly stay ahead of the new technological advantage, you know, advances in, in you're kidding, right? Yeah, I know. That's hilarious to me because um Bridget, my almost 17-year-old, is the one now everybody in the house, including my husband, calls for IT problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, absolutely. Ginny's called for a few times on this podcast. <laughs> Help, help, Bridget, I need help. (laughs) No, listen, if it wasn't my grandchildren, I wouldn't be able to have a cell phone. I mean, they they set the whole thing up. So anyhow, that's that's a biggie. Another one you're going to hear all the time. And this one is bothersome in some ways, but you're going to hear it. And that's, well, how will they learn to interact with other children? Yeah, it's the big socialization question. How will they... Yes. And I... My thing, and I've spoken about this for years out on homeschool conferences, is socialization is actually the biggest reason to homeschool your children. It's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, you can get good academics in other places to socialize your children by the Ten Commandments, to socialize your children by the corporal works of mercy and the Beatitudes, and uh, to see the face of Christ in everyone. That is not going to happen in the best school in the world. That's Only right. you can do that as a parent. Only you so. Can do that. Um, Interacting with their peers is going to be fine because they're going to be with a lot of other homeschool kids and they're going to go to soccer and they're going to go to dance even, and they're going to make friends all over. Kids. Yeah. They're at the dance academy. Most of the kids aren't homeschooled, but they're they all they're interested in dance. And like you say, little league and soccer. And um uh, my joke used to be, well, I don't want them in the basement. <laughs> right, <laughs> I do yeah, let them I mean, out for air every so often. They're out bopping around. They have jobs, they have they do things. You know, yeah. the kids are out doing things. Um, that classroom, and we've talked about this a million times already on this podcast, it's an artificial environment, whereas homeschooling is an authentic environment. It's so authentic because you're meeting people in all different walks of life, from different ethnic backgrounds, from different age groups, and they're learning to get along with everybody, or at least they're learning to be polite and have good interactions. How to interact, right. How to interact as opposed to a classroom, which frequently the kids are rude. Sure. Well, it's It's a a mob mentality. That would never would never be tolerated in our homes. Uh, but beyond that, you also have 20 kids or something within 12 months of their chronological age, something that, that will never, ever happen again. Right. And all living in the same neighborhood. And all know, living in the same, in the same neighborhood. Correct. Geographic area. So so there's probably very little diversity unless you're in a big city or something. Um, Even in the big cities, kids go to neighborhood schools for the most part. Right. Neighborhoods tend to stick with each other. Whereas um, in our homeschool group, we have so many different people who've come from different places in the country or who come from different countries and um, I don't know, d- different educational backgrounds and different, it, it's just really fun to meet all these people from all over. 
you know, or or from different points of view. Who or we have traditional Latin Mass people, and we have Novus Ordo people, and we have um, people who love to go to youth group, and people who hate to go to youth group. <laughs> and you know, it's just you have to learn That's to the get real along. World. Yeah, it is the real world, and you That's have to get along world. in it. And so, when people say, "How are they going to have friends?" or "How are they going to interact with their peers?" You can that that can be turned right back. Well, how are they going to interact with people when they're only together with? 12 year olds all day long or right. eight year olds. Yeah. It, it, that doesn't make any sense to me. And you look at them like with that look like, are you crazy? <laughs> so yeah. it tends to shut people up. It, it does. But then I've also had, and this is almost an insulting one. Aren't you worried they'll be weird? Oh, goodness. Well, I'm their mother. So being <laughs> weird was going <laughs> so to pass on the genes. <laughs> no, um, it, yeah. I mean, it depends on what kind of weird you mean. Like weird meaning like out of, out of touch with what's current or trendy, or that's fine by me. Call them weird if you want yeah, right. to. They're My not kids getting actually, tattoos. You can presume their pronoun. <laughs> yeah, right. and I, they don't have to tell you what their pronoun is, and it'll right. either be he or she. It's not going to be some weird G or something like that. Um, but when you think about it, if you see a weird kid, you're, you're sitting at an outdoor restaurant for the sake of argument, having, you know, a cup of coffee and you see a kid walk by and he's got like rainbow color hair and piercings, you know, the big ear things where they're yeah, those gauges piercings and, and, and rainbows and, and just looks and tattoos all over his body. And you go over to him and say, are you homeschooled? <laughs> I think we can safely Chances assume, are. <laughs> safely assume that's not true. Every weird, really, really weird kid I ever met went to school. Now, does that mean, of course, there are children for home, some homeschool kids are on the spectrum, so their social interactions are a little bit different. Yeah. But then again, kids that are on the spectrum who go to public school, their social interactions are a little bit different, too. True. And I have to tell you, just true confession time, I right now have a daughter. She's no longer homeschooled. She graduated, but she has um, purple in her hair. And <laughs> I had one actually had teal hair for a little while. Yeah. Which is, I you know, I'm told very trendy. That doesn't bother me at all. They're not getting tattoos and piercings. Hair grows back, but that's where um, I am on the hair. You can yeah. just do your hair whatever you want. They experiment with their hair, so they they do. You know, as much as we try to keep the world out, the world gets in. So these little goofy fashion trends, or you know, the the music as they get older, they're listening to music that maybe I don't love, but the world gets in and our job is to try and keep it out for as long as possible until they're grown up enough to deal with certain things. So if that makes them weird, I'm fine with that. Call them weird. I don't care. Yeah, if they're weird because they're too polite. Right. If they're weird because they don't they're have their polite, mother to shut up. If they dress somewhat modestly, you know, they're not walking around with their, all their bits and pieces hanging out. If they're, uh, if they're polite and they're, and they're um, academically advanced and, um, they they go to church <laughs> just like that. They they carry their little brother or sister around to help their mother. If that makes them weird, so be it. Yeah, I'm embracing weird. Yeah, I'm embracing I'm embracing weird too. So anyhow, those are some of the objections that you might be hearing. Um, the, these shows always drop on Wednesday, and yep. uh, so we hope that you look forward to them. We hope that you like and subscribe to them. Uh, please leave us a rating. By all means, you can find us on Facebook. Sure. Please, by all means, get to us. Give us your comments. Give yeah, us your yeah. suggestions. We're not uh, very woke, so we're not going to get upset if somebody says something said they didn't like what we said. That's okay. You can say that to us. Yeah, right. yeah. Actually, we would appreciate the feedback. Um, there is a stay-at-home school mom 
podcast page on Facebook. And then Janine and I are both on Facebook. So feel free to find if you us. If you belong anywhere. to Catholic homeschool moms or whatever, you can always find us. Yeah. You can find us. We're not hard to get <laughs> at all. And it's like someone, a woman contacted me and said, is there any way I could speak to you? I'm like saying, oh, lady, <laughs> not that special. Trust me. <laughs> Anybody can speak to me. I'm happy to. Well, at one time, yeah. somebody had contacted me on Facebook and there was a lot of questions. And I said, gee, can I give you a call? Would you do that? Oh, I could yeah. call anybody. I don't care. She can. She'll talk all day. <laughs> I'll talk all day. I don't care. Um, but if this is the decision you've made, Pray about it, obviously. Pray every year. Mm-hmm. Continue to pray. Pray all the time. Yes, you're going to um, need to pray. I'm not good at much, but man, can I pray? I really can. You're good uh, at lots of things. <laughs> but anyhow, God bless you. Please again, like and subscribe to us. And uh, we hope we'll see you next week. Thank you. God bless. You. And now we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Seton Home Study School. Seton Home Study School is a nationally accredited, faithfully Catholic, private distant learning school that serves students from pre-K through 12th grade. There are currently 17,000 homeschool students enrolled in Seton Home Study School and many, many more who use their books and materials, including several small Catholic schools. Since 1983, Seton Home Study School has faithfully served the homeschool community in the United States and all over the world. Please check out their website, setonhome.org, for more information. And thank you, Seton Home Study School, for sponsoring the podcast, The Stay-at-Home Schooling Moms.